she's back. The best-selling author, Lindsay Kelk, is back on the podcast this week. But as many of you will know, she's also one of my closest friends. So please expect a conversation that is both intimate, random, but hopefully entertaining. It's very funny because I would consider myself someone very risk-averse. Like, I like a nice, safe, cosy existence. I am anti-confrontation in every way shape or form and risk to me means at some point you may have confrontation and I don't care for that I've heard you don't have washing machines in your homes tell me more no I genuinely um have seen a massive massive improvement in skin tone and clarity um and I think a little bit of looks a little bit more plump in the face no I am I'm a huge uh diehard advocate it is a Christmas movie I can always come back again apparently that's my theme song (laughs) I can always come back again Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My guest today is Lindsay Kelk, the best-selling author and award-winning podcaster who, at last count, has written, and I don't even know the precise number, but it's well over 20 books at this stage. Lindsay joins me at a pivotal point in her writing career. She has numerous projects in production at the moment. A new book will be hitting shelves early next year, she says with a question mark, looking for a nod from Lindsay. And at the time of recording her book, The Christmas Wish, which she came to London and did an amazing tour exactly a year ago, is coming out in paperback. She is an extremely busy person, and trust me, you won't find a better resource on Taylor Swift wrestling and Buffy trivia than the Kelkster. She's also one of my people, and though we'll navigate the usual topics that you would expect us to on this episode, please do anticipate some tangents. My main hope is that at least one of her cats, Anderson Bell Bell and Orchester, make an appearance during this conversation. And as I say that, I realise, should I have referenced Jeff? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's unlikely to make an appearance. Uh, if he does, he's he's a badly behaved cat slash husband. Um, <laughs> he's been told to stay out, so we'll see. <laughs> that won't last long. He'll pop his head around at some point. I kind of hope he does. Hello, Jeff. Um, <laughs> anyway, how how art thou, Lindsay Kelk? Um, I art. I'm fine. <laughs> I keep I say I keep saying I'm fine, and then I can see myself in in the video, and it's like maybe we should have brushed our hair instead of just pinning it back and hoping for the best. I swear this hair looks really good in real life because it's like a messy updo that's braided in the back. This is amazing podcast content for people who it can't is. see it. We've started but, strong. Um, <laughs> I like to be relatable, and I think anyone thinking about a forward-facing camera would understand what, what stress I'm under now. It's putting a lot of pressure on the conversation, being able to see myself. It, <laughs> I'm against I think, it. I think we both, if we're being honest... Both maybe could have taken a little bit more of a run-up today. I I should have done more. I shouldn't have worn black. And you look great. 
you look Thanks. magical. I love it. <laughs> it's also, I was saying to Lindsay listeners, it is one of the wettest and greyest days to have existed in England for a while. And because Lindsay is born and bred in the UK, when, when she's over there in Los Angeles living her glamorous life, I can just <laughs> message her sometimes and just say, hey, Lindsay, remember those grey, wet days? We're having one of those. Yeah, she does. She does remember them. That's why she won't come back. Uh, that's a, a broad part of why she pays California taxes, uh, because it's not it's not OK. It turns out humans don't have to live that way um, necessarily. But in order to not live that way, you must pay a premium and live in a city full of idiots. Um, so it swings and roundabouts, really. Do you have to drive everywhere? And I am against that because of driving. You are so good at it. And every time I come to L.A. and we drive around, I am constantly in awe because I I don't mind driving in this country, although I'm not a big fan of driving in central London. But the idea of getting in a car in Los Angeles terrifies me. Genuinely, I wouldn't want to get behind the wheel. No, it should. And I don't I don't even say, oh, don't be silly, um, because <laughs> I, it terrified me for I've been in L.A. for nearly nine years and I want to say a good two years before I could just get in the car without thinking about it. And even now, if I'm going on the freeway or if I've got to do like a long drive, <laughs> a long drive equates to anything over 40 minutes, mm-hmm. um, I have, I do still have to think about it and I have to plan out my route and I have to know exactly where I'm going. I like to know which lane I need to be in well ahead of time. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, and I live with someone who really just decides to make that decision last minute and um, has fallen into an LA trap of like indicators, really? Optional. And it's not optional, Emma. And if I ever get divorced, it will be because I started shouting, well, if you use your indicators, they know you wanted to get over uh, one too many times. There should be a clause, shouldn't there, in divorces in Hollywood, not irreconcilable differences, but just like indicator differences. Yeah, indicator issues. <laughs> uh, I mean, refusal to wear sunscreen, despite, despite. I just think it's 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 a different world. It's a different set of uh relationship responsibilities that I wasn't prepared for. I think the other thing that I'm always surprised by when I come to LA is the fact that I think if you just watch LA through the television or the film screen, Mm -hmm. you might think that like Brad Pitt or famous people are on every corner, but actually it's quite a normal, quite a normal town really. Yeah. I mean, to quote my brother directly the first time he came um, said, wow, I didn't expect it to be this much of a shithole. Um, (laughs) And he's from Doncaster and lives in Sheffield. And I am also from Doncaster. So I felt that, you know, I was like, yeah, no, I, I do hear what you're saying. Because large chunks of the city are just broadly in disrepair. Um, and we have a massive uh, unhoused community problem. Uh, as you can imagine, the climate is very nice. So if you are living out on the street, if you don't have a home, this is not a terrible place to be because climate wise, you can be out on the street. Mm. Um but it does make for a sort of problematic situation for those people and for everyone else, which is terrible. We're trying to fix it. We all voted to pay more in taxes and nothing's happened, but we did vote to fix it. Um, That was nice. But yeah, it's a weird place because it goes from being ultra beautiful and bougie and $10 million houses on every corner. Mm. And that's a reasonably priced house um, to being just like, oh, look, a Walmart. Uh, and you don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's coming. I was watching because I obviously you have to binge watch Selling Sunset. You can't do it in one. You can't, can't be watched in one space it out time. because no. if you watched one episode and then thought I'll come back to that later, you would just never go back because it's so forgettable. <laughs> 
So you have to binge watch the entire series. But I find myself getting to watching it. And then when they're like, we've got a really minor listing, we've got a 2.5 million pocket listing. And I look at it and I think, well, yeah. And they make that look like that's yeah. sort of, oh, yes, we've shown you all the big houses with the 22 car garage and everything. But this is where this is where everyone really lives. And it's like, no, yeah. no, it's not. No, it's crazy. It's very strange. My neighborhood in the last 10 years, prices have literally doubled. Prices have doubled in 10 years. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't care for it. I'm against it. Um, broadly unhappy about it. But as I mentioned, um, we chose this. <laughs> Some of us chose this. So I do have a question to ask you about California. Yes. And because because you live there, I wonder if you know anybody who lived there under the stewardship of Governor Schwarzenegger and what they made of him. I mean, I definitely do. Um, but I can't say that they've ever spoken directly to it apart from I don't want to upset you because I know <laughs> you love him and I enjoy him also and his little horses um his donkey in the kitchen not a euphemism um <laughs> i i believe the general the general accepting accepted theory is he wasn't that great oh. um but it's also a really fucking hard place to govern because it's so big california mm. is i can't stress enough to you like it's enormous and generally considered to be ungovernable and every couple of years they're like should we split it into two places to govern because northern california and southern california are so different um and so massive so it's not an easy job i will i will say it's not an easy job arnold uh, <laughs> and i wasn't here so i can't speak to it no i well a, a, a conversation for another time but um yeah I I do I do enjoy Arnold, but if he's a, if I also would hope I wouldn't have the bias of just thinking that anything that he did was amazing. Like I didn't have I told it... you the story about when my uncle met him when he was a bodybuilder? I don't think I ever have. Well, Lindsay, how the hell? I know I don't know. Like, why. We've gone to Palm Springs together. We've gone to Las <laughs> Vegas together. We have been in the car for hours. And okay, fair enough. We were singing along to Taylor Swift. We were. We were. We've had ample um, opportunity to tell this story. I don't know why it hasn't come up before. So when he was doing bodybuilding, he was he's touring the UK doing like bodybuilding shows and stuff. Um, so this is a million years ago. And he came to my village, like my actual village. <laughs> he came to Harworth and Burcoats. Um, and my uncle was a BT engineer and he did like lighting and stuff on the side for shows and um, audiovisual stuff. And uh, I mean, the the story when I was a child in the 80s and 90s was that he bounced your Uncle David on his biceps. Um, but I don't believe that as an adult, I don't believe that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do believe he met him. And there is proof that he was in the village, like there's local newspaper cuttings and stuff that he was in the village and the Uncle David feasibly was there running the AV that night. I fully have to go detective on this because I'm like, I, I call bullshit on everything my family ever tells me. <laughs> um, so I did have to do a bit of a deep dive. When you but said, he did bounce him on his biceps, allegedly, in, in the 1970s. When you said there was proof he'd been in the village, I just imagined like an Arnold-shaped hole, hole in a wall he accidentally walked through. <laughs> I wish. I mean, you'd have thought a statue at least. I mean, he's the best celebrity we've ever had there. Um, and cool. Yeah, and there's nothing. I should get, you know, my nan had to tell me. So it's a, his <laughs> I think story, it should be more well known. His story is very once in a generation. 
Mm. No one's ever, no, no one will be ever be able to do exactly that no. kind of thing again. No, because the whole thing of like <clears throat> sorry, the whole thing of where he came from and how he grew from that and go from bodybuilder to action star to politician to donkey owner. It's it's a wild ride that you couldn't predict it. Do you know how he became a donkey owner? Seeing as you asked, I don't know how he no became way. a donkey owner. So he had a horse. It was Catherine's horse. Yeah. And um, she lost interest in the horse when she moved out slash started dating. And Bitch. so the horse <laughs> the horse was living on Arnold's property, but sort of not anywhere near the house. Mm-hmm. And he felt a bit sorry for the horse and said, oh, just let him, we've got quite a lot of land near the house, let the horse come up to the garden. And said it was like Aww. he was so happy. And then Heather, his girlfriend, uh, knows quite a lot about horses and said, I think I think the horse is lonely. So they got they got the donkey to keep the horse company. To be friends with the horse. And now this is why friends. you shouldn't buy posh girls horses because uh, they're going to lose interest. That's what I took away from that because I went to school with someone that had a horse and we all hated her. Um, but <laughs> this is what I'm learning is don't buy posh girls a horse if they're not going to look after it. Because they lose interest and marry Chris Pratt. It's not like a gerbil, is it? It's not a guinea pig where it, we can just, we can deal with that. But it's a horse, Catherine. It's a horse. It's a whole <laughs> horse. Think about yourself. And I did see Arnold the other day at the Royal Albert Hall, and I'm almost certain that Patrick Schwarzenegger was in the crowd as well, because he's got a very distinctive build, quite a long neck. Mm. And I saw the... <laughs> Swan-like. Swan-like. <laughs> he has, and I got very excited, and I was like, oh, I think that's Patrick Schwarzenegger. So, um, and yet my Uncle David was not there, being bounced upon his biceps. M- maybe he wasn't, and Patrick he wasn't definitely wasn't. By a horse, He's not going so... all the way back down to that London. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Leaving um, the village. Right. I don't think so. So let's talk about because I always ask people about risk. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> let's. Talk I believe about... I've taken many of them already. <laughs> well, just in this conversation, <laughs> I um, when I think about so many of the things that you have done. First of all, you had a very successful editing job at HarperCollins, which is one of the biggest publishers in the world, and you were very good at what you did, and. Then you said, I want to, don't make that face because you were. I mean, I honestly, though, <laughs> I, I, I I, was successful. I won't say I was very good at it, um, but I was, I, I was there at the right place at the right time. I was a hard worker. I think that was, I was able to be promoted um, pretty young and get some very cool uh, spots out of it, but I can't hand on heart. So it was really good. I had was, to work really hard. Was the bar like? Was there a pinnacle of that particular period? Like the girls allowed stuff, or I mean, the girls allowed annual was pretty exciting. Uh, the Mary Kate and Ashley style secrets. Um, so yeah, I worked on film and TV and brand tie-ins. So I brought in anything that was film and TV or a brand, and um, was able to write some of those books too. Didn't you essentially give Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen the idea for the row? I'd like to say I did, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, not, not a jury in the land could convince anyone otherwise. Um, yeah, we did a book called Style Secrets, which was basically um, heavily inspired by Trini and Susanna. I say we, I, um, did a book called Mary Kate and Ashley Style Secrets, um, and they, their com- branding company, their licensing company was like, yeah, cool, whatever, do what you want, but like keep us out of it, basically. And then we sent it in, and they were like, oh, they like it. Uh, and then they wanted to be more involved and sent me really unhelpful fashion tips to add to a style book for tweens, like buy vintage watches to make your outfit more 
unique and I'm like well they I'm gonna change Rolex to watch um <laughs> and they were a big fan of telling telling 11 year olds in the UK to get their clothes tailored to fit them <laughs> and I'm like I just don't think they're gonna um but you know let's leave that in then sure do we think billionaires Mary Kate and Ashley had maybe lost lost touch with reality a little it's bit it's possible that the very young as the, though they were at the time they weren't really thinking from the perspective of like an 11 year old in Northampton mm. um and I was trying to put myself in that position and mm. they <laughs> physically couldn't like they no. just literally could not it's not possible they are so it's not actors, their fault but they're not yeah um, are they um it's not their fault but um it was a fun project to work on um and it was cool when they did decide that they didn't hate it and were mm. prepared to be associated with it so that was nice because they did send in some cool stuff uh and then yeah I, I met them at an event and they were merrily telling me about their plans for fashion lines and I was like oh so cute <laughs> and then <laughs> more fool me all these years <laughs> later on I'm like wow so you were very well established there doing an all right mm-hmm. being successful at something by chance <laughs> and then you decided that you wanted to pivot and write novels right books Mm -hmm. and then also you wanted to relocate from London to New York and then of course on that journey you've relocated from New York to Los Angeles and I was considering this with another guest recently the idea that everything that we do in our 20s seems ludicrous now if you actually thought about having the same idea and doing it in your 40s because I just there was just a different set of stakes at play because I don't know if you would change careers now in the way that you did then but did you see it as being risky or did you just think this is I what I need I to be did. doing? It's very funny because I would consider myself someone very risk averse. Like I like a nice, safe, cozy existence. I am anti-confrontation in every way, shape or form. And risk to me means at some point you may have confrontation and I don't <laughs> care for that. Um, but when the opportunity arose to move to the States, because I was working at Harper in the UK and a job came available in the US and someone asked me if I'd be interested blah 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 obviously I was and obviously I did um that did not feel like a risk at the time it felt very natural um which yeah I think now I'd be like what what were you thinking um I went over to meet the team after I'd gotten the job and they asked me if I had any questions (laughs) and I thought they meant just broadly and I was like I've heard you don't have washing machines in your homes tell me more um and later on the 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 VP of children's was like yeah we thought you were gonna have questions like about the job Um, and I was like oh yeah no none of those um I was very concerned about where I was gonna wash my pants um and also how I was gonna get a new mobile phone like I had practical concerns but it didn't it just didn't bother me and I can't tell you why because everything about me that I believe about myself said that it really should have been scary but I guess Mm. I just thought I could always come home if it didn't work um and I kept telling myself that until I have now been here for 14 and a half years we can always go home yeah um but yeah it it, but it was a huge risk it was a huge risk because I was leaving a job that I'd been in for five years that I was really well established in I had a really great network I had a lot of support in the company in the UK, which I did not have when I got to the US office. Um, and as you say, I'd already, I just started on my author career as well. So my book, my first book came out a couple of weeks before I moved to New York. Um, so even leaving that in another country was a risk. 
because it's like leaving your baby with the babysitter um and trying to establish yourself in a an adjacent career in another country in a company where you don't really know anybody you don't know the culture and you don't know what it's going to be like whilst also trying to nurture an, an another career that asks a lot of you mm-hmm. um creatively and time wise it it was a huge risk <laughs> i see now um, but at 28 like lol let's do it <laughs> let's go for it kids I just think that I also think that like for now, if someone said, right, Emma, would you like to relocate to the States? I I would have to move to an equivalent uh, comfort level. Whereas I think when you're in your 20s, you'll to an extent take what you're, I know you and I both like that, we'll just take what given. But we both lived in crap holes. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. And I, I was coming out of a pretty miserable relationship. Um, when all of this happened as well so I think it was all perfectly timed you know to be like everything's a bit shit it is time to do something different but I did leave from having my own really lovely flat that I absolutely loved to sharing a flat with two other girls and I hadn't shared since uni like Mm. I was like what (laughs) what because I'd moved in with my boyfriend straight after uni I'm like I have to share a flat with one bathroom with two girls I don't know Um, but yeah it was that total 20 something thing where I just threw myself in and said cool you know what's the worst that could happen it'll be fine but without ever actually thinking what is the worst that could happen yeah uh so yeah it was very different um and even when I then moved to LA uh five years six years later it was it was similarly I was in a situation where it was time to do something like stuff going on I just lost my mum and my nan and it was just a very tough time and it it was the right time to make a change without it feeling you know I think if you're in a really amazing comfortable spot it's harder to say let's mix it all up whereas if everything's sort of in flux and you're not really sure you probably should stay where you are but um, that's when Lindsay says let's fuck things up let's move across (laughs) the country um and yeah I was just like let's do it I can always come back again. Apparently, that's my theme song. <laughs> I can always come back again. Um, I swear to God, if there is a song on is Taylor true. Swift's next album, which is I Can Always there Come will Back be. Again. There will be. I'll speak to her. On, <laughs> like, I'll chat with her about it. On Oh, God, I forgot which album it's on now because I'm not as big a fan. as It's the I'm the Problem It's Me album. Oh, Midnight's. Midnight. Yeah, you're going to talk about you're on your own, kid. <laughs> that is my catchphrase from therapy. Yeah. And I'm like, has she been listening to the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I she's got a lot of time on her hands, as we know. She's not busy. Uh, I bet she just sits at home scanning through the top 10 podcasts and went, this one looks fun. I like the look of these these ladies. <laughs> I like to think <laughs> that listen. she sits with Olivia and Meredith and reads your books and or listens yeah. to my podcast. I like to think so. I like to think there's little Benjamin Button like pushing mm-hmm. a paperback through the apartment while she's watching SVU and drinking white wine with ice cubes in it, saying, Mum, will you read this to me? And she was like, wait for this episode about the baby being found in a cooler in the Hudson River to be over, and then I will read it. Because you've oh got God. to back, find balance. Do you know what I mean? You can't be all SVU. It's got no. to be rom-com as well. Got to be rom-com as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know where do we go from here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm no. so sorry, everybody. <laughs> I just the baby. I'm taking it. The baby is not okay. 
the baby in the cooler. Oh, uh, that episode of SVU. Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it's a whole thing, and it turns out not to be as dark as 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 it could have been. Obviously, it's pretty dark because the baby in a cooler. Uh, mm. but it turned out the baby had sadly already expired, expired. before it went in the cooler. And it, I think it was a teenage mother, as I recall. But it was something where it was just someone was afraid and didn't know what to do, and they popped the baby in the cooler. As okay. I recall, having just okay. watched it on Saturday at midnight. I feel um, like what just happened here is what happens on TikTok where you see 90 <laughs> seconds of a television show. And then, because I have never watched the Anna Delvey program that's on oh, Netflix. Oh, okay. I yeah. started and I was like, I'm not into it. Every time I open TikTok, it just serves me little clips from that show. And yeah. actually it's on my list now. It's on my list to watch because I'm now, I've probably seen no word of a lie 45 minutes that's yeah that's a whole thing on tiktok that was a big part of um what's happening with the writer's strike and the sag strikes over in la that was a big part of it because networks and production companies are serving up whole episodes of shows on tiktok in tiny tiny bite-sized increments to get people to watch it but there's no residual obviously for the writer or the performer um in those in, in that way of watching it and yeah you can watch whole movies you can watch whole tv shows it's it's really weird. It's it's a strange one, um, but it's definitely turning people onto things they might not have otherwise seen. And also, I watched binge Selling Sunset the other day, and then all of a sudden, I'm just being fed Brie and G Flip. So, <laughs> and I was having dinner last night with Ruth Crilly, and I was telling her, and she said, "Do you not think that's really terrifying?" And I said, "Well, we've been surveilled I, by BT I mean? lines." I, I feel like we've we've done this to ourselves because I don't. That's the thing with TikTok is I people warned me about TikTok forever. And it was like, don't get TikTok. My friend who works for the government cannot have it on her phone, like is legally not allowed to have it on her phone. Um, and that should make me think <laughs> maybe stay off TikTok. But does it, Emma? No. Does it make me actually follow delightful gay men in Alabama making chicken noodle casserole uh, instead? every day yes it does that's what it makes me do um i spend more and more time on tiktok every single day they have got me that's Same. a risk that's a risk, that is a risk <laughs> opening and tiktok for someone who's risk averse because the amount like you people who are connected who are more serious folk yep. than you or i no, <laughs> no disrespect <laughs> who may have connections to government or very serious organizations when you say those two words to them their faces just drop the blood yep. drains out of their face and they're yep. like they they tell you wordlessly, do not do it. And yet, absolutely, we do. But then that's how you and I um, talk a lot of the time via Michaela videos. Exactly, exactly. I, how else would I know how to make my eyeliner nice and sharp if I didn't go on TikTok? I, it's asking too much of me. Anything. Also, I'm sorry, I'm so cynical these days. I'm like, anything the Chinese government needs to know about me, they know. And I don't think they need, I think they probably had a look at my account and they said, she's all right, leave her alone. She's yeah. got her own stuff. She's going through her own stuff. Let's not bother this one. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I've become very cynical about everything at the moment where I'm like, it is what it is. And <laughs> I need to make, I need to not forget to tight line, you know? So I need my Michaela videos. It really distresses me that she gets upset about people mimicking her voice because I think her voice is amazing. But I, yeah, now, I love her. I I when she says bro, my day is made. Bro, bro. Yeah. When she's bro. talking about how <laughs> how much a highlighter is gleaming. Listeners, if you don't know who Michaela is, it's Nick Michaela, is it Noguera? Is that how you say it? Noguera, I think, yeah. Slash Hawken now. So Oh yeah. But... 
I believe her username is still Michaela Naguera. And she is an incredible makeup artist, but she's just one of the most fun people to follow. And she will put on the most gleaming, beautiful highlighter and just be like, bro. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> It makes unexpected. me so happy. Yeah. As a recovering sexy robot highlighter addict myself, as someone who, when highlighter came in, went hard, <laughs> hard on highlighter, <laughs> um, it fills my heart with joy to see someone. I just really love to see people who love the thing that they mm. love that was mm. a very clumsy sentence i'm a writer but, I uh, but it gives exactly me joy yeah i to see anyone enjoying the thing that they love to the extent that she enjoys makeup mm. um it makes me happier to know that that amount of joy is accessible in the world for people do you think it's okay so that's an interesting point actually because i love makeup and makeup takes up part of my job i love interviewing mm -hmm. interviewing takes up part of my job but I don't love it all the time in the same way. And some sometimes I need a break from it. And sometimes yeah. I, do you have that? Oh, absolutely. And I I, I mean, I was going to say, I'm sure Michaela does too, but we know that she does because she's mm. actually very honest with uh, how she speaks about her mental health and um, what she wants and needs out of the world. And we all go through phases, I think, of being like, oh, fuck this. Um, I love writing. Like I love telling stories. I love making shit up. <laughs> As my mother would tell you, I'm a little liar. Um, and now I made that my job. Um, but yeah, I absolutely will go through phases where I'm like, the last thing I want to do today is open this laptop. And and I say that knowing how privileged I am for that to be my job and how lucky I am and what a gift it is to have that opportunity. But as soon as something becomes an obligation, right? Like you're going to mm. have days where you're like, oh, fuck this. Like, mm. I, I also love professional wrestling. Um, and but we'll still have weeks where I'm like, I just don't want to watch it because I've got to watch it to talk about it on a podcast that I mm. am on. But I'm like, I just don't want to. I don't have any love for it this week. The only thing I will never tire of, of course, is Taylor Allison Swift, which I keep waiting to get tired of because I'm getting a ram down my throat 24-7 at the moment and it's not happening. I think I'm in love with her. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I think we it's had, a crush we, now. We had some sound issues at the beginning of this recording and they were entirely my fault, not Lindsay Kelk's. Uh, I will put that on record and on tape. And <laughs> I couldn't hear Lindsay. And so we were just miming the bit from her concert where she her inner monitors failed and so she was looking at the bassist <laughs> we knew exactly what the other was doing yeah. because we have both watched that clip from the era's tour i know i've watched it at least 50 times that's I what find the chinese really government reassuring. know about me yeah i this is why they're not concerned about me they're like <laughs> you know what she's busy she is busy i'm currently deeply engrossed in a tiktok series i can't remember the name of the guy but i will send it to you um of a um a gay man who has been a beyonce fan forever and ever who is starting his journey into swiftydom um yeah. i think he's in his 30s i want to say he said he was in his 30s but basically he had listened to slut exclamation point mm. um and that was his gateway drug suddenly he was like wait I'm this interested. song's amazing I'm going to listen to others. And there is a whole, he's doing a TikTok diary every day of being a Swifty. He's on about, I want to say day eight or nine-ish now. Um, oh. And everyone's in his like the Dylan Mulvaney diary? It's like... so, it, it's not, but it should be. It's so <laughs> earnest. Um, and he's so wonderful. 
And one of the things he said at the very beginning was like, it's crazy because it's, he always calls her this lady, which I love. I'm like, she's probably older than him, but it's like, this lady, her fans are amazing because they're just in my DM saying, welcome to the Swiftydom, welcome to the Swiftydom. If you like that song, you should try this song next. And he's like, whereas all other fandoms would be like, oh, you're just now finding out she's good, are you? Um, and it, it's really warmed my heart. But watching this um, guy go through his journey of falling in love song by song and really not knowing anything about her because he was talking about Dancing With Our Hands Tied, which is an <gasps> album track from Rep. And he was like, I'm obsessed with it. And I'm obsessed with the lyrics and I can't get over it. And I don't know who she was dating at the time. I don't know what it's about. I don't know any of that. But like, this is what I love about the song. Um, and it's been wild watching this person just fall in love with her discography completely independently and not attached for any reason I don't remember why we're talking about this but I will send it to you um because you said you will never tire of Taylor Ellison's I will never tire of it and neither will that man now uh because he's in now he's in his rep era he's in his rep era he posted one yesterday saying like why are we all freaking out that she's got black nails but now I'm freaking out that she's got black nails does that mean rep is coming (laughs) and I'm like oh I love him Listeners, we are recording this on November the 8th, 2023. Lindsay's uh, paperback of The Christmas Wish comes out on the 9th of November, 2023. But it is hotly anticipated that on the 10th of November, 2023, Reputation, Taylor's version, will be released. I could see it getting announced, but I can't see it being released. Oh, see? If I'm honest. That's where I've gone wrong. Well, but you're not wrong. A lot of people are saying uh, they think it will get just stealth dropped on uh, the 10th. But where's the opportunity to sell merch? (laughs) Which is where I think we've all gone wrong. But I could see it being announced because she's back on tour. Um, She's on tour from the 9th, right? I think it starts again on the 9th. So she thought she'd coincide with the Christmas wish. It was really nice of her. Yeah, she did call me and say, should I put it up on the big screens? And I was like, do you know what, Taylor? Don't knock yourself out because that's out of sync and it's not fair on everybody else. There's a lot of Swifties out there and I didn't want to put her in that position. Um, there are people listening to this. I think I mean that. I'm so sorry. I'm a monster. <laughs> she didn't. We, I don't know her. <laughs> one, day, one day she'll call one of us. One day. And, we'll one just day. Be like, and the other one will be like, hold on. I'm just going to conference in. Yeah. No, one day what will happen in. is we'll get a DM from someone in their management. And, and we'll go fuck off that's not real but it will be and we will ruin it for ourselves that's what will happen or it will be um, a cease and desist <laughs> I mean I am I am broadly uh, expressing my love for Taylor through my medium of, of books at the moment so I might get a cease and desist any moment oh, I don't even care if you enjoy it or not because I it's one of my favorite things but when I get a copy of your book and usually I'm very lucky because I do get a preview copy I enjoy reading it. And then in real time, as I am reading it, sending you screen grabs, <laughs> circling the bit that I know is a Taylor reference and sending it to you. Because I, I almost think it's like a game of hide and seek and you want me to find them. It is. Or it you is. Want someone I enjoy an Easter egg. I've always been an Easter egg fan um, in my books and all of my adult rom-coms are interconnected in some way, even if it's just one character will pop up or something. Because I always loved reading series as a kid. Like I loved Sweet Valley High and that kind of thing. So I really like the idea of an interconnected universe which I will say I did before Marvel but no one will believe me uh look it up (laughs) I definitely did ish um (laughs) but I really really love the idea of planting little things for people to find that yeah because I think 
it's so fun when you see something like that it's such a reward um and it enhances the experience for me so I love an easter egg love a Taylor easter egg the next book that's out next summer is not so much an easter egg as I have just fully lifted a song title um but it works for the book <laughs> so it made sense I, I immediately thought love me do but it's not love me do because that's it's not that's love been me and gone. Do. That's been and gone, been and gone, old news, yesterday's jam. Um, it's uh, Love Story. Love Story is out next summer, uh, which is, for the people who don't know, a Tay-Tay song. A Tay-Tay also. song, yes. I yeah. enjoy it hugely. So in terms of Easter eggs, though, yeah. how difficult are they? Because, okay, let's take this to let's take this back, let's take this away from Taylor and let's put this back into yeah. a literary reference. Yes. I remember reading Wuthering Heights. Sorry, we're we going there. Love when it. I was at school and there's one thing that always really stood out to me because I had this amazing teacher who pointed it out which is at the beginning of the book when Mr see my memory is not that good the guy who's no no that's Jane Eyre oh. the one who's renting the house who goes over to Wuthering Heights oh yes Heathcliff and his gang yeah so it's, Hareton I've... the son <laughs> I've got an English degree yes has to open the gate for the visiting. Someone is listening to this yeah. and they are screaming the name of the I smell. know, and I apologise. Yes, I, love I do too. Heights. I've got like a million versions of it and yet here we are. But there's just a significant <laughs> thing of at the beginning when he tries to open the gate to get into the grounds onto the land of mm -hmm. Wuthering Heights, Hareton has to come and open the gate. And then when Hareton yes. is made the rightful owner, the gate opens with ease to anyone because the rightful owner is symbolic. And yeah. so I remember at the time thinking, gosh that's clever that something that you put in at the beginning is nightly is ne neatly foreshadowing. foreshadowing foreshadowing so my yeah. question has always been like don't actually think I've asked you this in the same way you never told me about your uncle bouncing on on or biceps <laughs> and I've never directly asked you this question but how difficult is it to weave in an easter egg do they just sort of magically appear or do you have to consciously do you have a timeline on your wall that I haven't seen of all the oh, way, God, the no. way that your multiverse connects? No, that would be really impressive, wouldn't it? That would it make would, sense. Yeah. Um, no, I have nothing. I'm very much a wing it person when it comes to writing. Um, if I over plan or if I try to be clever, uh, it will just be terrible. Um, truly, the more planning I do and the longer I have to work on something, the worse it tends to be because uh, <laughs> I do better when I'm just, this sounds, it's so pretentious, but it, I do better when I'm just like in it and mm -hmm. just going with it. Um, and the more I try, the more you can tell I've tried. Like it, my books are very pacey and fast to read and it's because I write that way. And the longer I take over it, I feel like you can feel it slowing down in the oh. writing. Um, and with certain Easter eggs related to musicians that will remain nameless, it they do just pop in because I it's just part of my DNA at this point um and it's actually now a case of having to pull them back a bit <laughs> like maybe we've gone too far uh maybe maybe don't take the piss um but uh but I've always thought I think with with music that I love like I was listening to the national forever at one point when I was living in New York and I never remember there being like a ton of national references in one song in one book sorry and I didn't even notice until I read it and I was like oh we were listening to that a lot weren't we we were listening to high violet a lot um so it does happen um yeah I guess there are certain things that you plant like those when it's a character crossover you have to plan that mm -hmm. I guess um because otherwise it, I don't want it to ever feel forced I want it to feel natural and like it could absolutely 
happen organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's just like song quotes or little moments, they just pop up. Yes. Just pop up. And the other thing that I found quite interesting, I've never really thought about what the writing process would be like because having mm. never thought about or attempted to, or I did write one very short story about like, uh, which I think I sent you once because I was like, mm, I'll write like a fan fiction. It was basically like a love story for me and Tom Hiddleston. That was only, love it. it was only about 700 words. It didn't, and it didn't go beyond that. It doesn't that, need but... to be more. That's all it needs to be. <laughs> as long as it's doing its job, it doesn't matter how long it is. Um, I, it wasn't up there with what was the Harry Styles and oh Louis? god, the idea. Of, oh, the I thought you meant the actual book that came out that was Harry Styles fan fiction, of which they've made an Anne Hathaway movie. It's killing I me. Your pardon? Oh god, yeah. There's a book that came out a couple of years ago called The Idea of You. I it wasn't for me. It was very successful. It was very popular. Um, and it's about an older woman who falls in love with a member of a boy band and they have a tumultuous affair um, and then whatever. Um, and they've made a movie out of it with Anne Hathaway and I'm so conflicted. Does <laughs> so anyone conflicted. spit on Chris Pine at any point? <laughs> I don't think they do, but I think they over they overshot that. <laughs> I think it was before that, unfortunately. They really should have thought about going back in and uh, shooting some extra scenes. Yeah, reshoots. Well, because I was, when we sat down with Adele Parks and Jane Fallon recently, and they mm. were talking about their writing process and you were talking about their, your writing process. One thing that I keep thinking about weirdly is the fact that Adele writes one chapter, then the next chapter. She writes the book in complete yeah. sequence. Yeah. And actually, I I would have thought that that would have made it a much longer laborious process. I would feel as though you would need to roughly know some I was I was just Not really, really I mean, by that. That's how I write as well. So I write chronologically, um with a vague idea of what's coming up, but it will so often change. That's one of the reasons I don't plan, because I, I could plan out an entire book chapter to chapter for chapter, and then suddenly it just completely changes while you're writing it. And that sounds I know absurd to some people that don't write, because well, why would it change? You're the one doing it. And it's like that is an excellent point, but also you both are the person doing it and you're not because when you're writing a story you're ideally you're serving the story mm. and it's it's a creative endeavor so it's like it's like cooking a meal like you might be making shepherd's pie and you don't have any carrots if you put carrots in your shepherd's pie um so instead you'd put in some like swede or you know something like so you're like oh I'll just try that and I didn't know I was going to do that but I actually love it and now we're going to do that. And then maybe next time I'll put the carrot and the sweet, you know, it's like, it's little additions that you didn't know were going to happen and it changes the direction you were going in. Um, and then you, you're not making shepherd's pie anymore, but you're making something else that you love. It's, it's weird. It's such a strange process. And it's difficult to explain because yeah. um, as they mentioned on an episode of Rick and Morty that I was watching <laughs> the other day, uh, it is, creativity and the creative process is closely aligned to being potentially mentally different (laughs) that's not what the word they use but (laughs) it doesn't make sense logically because it isn't a logical process I also wonder as well if because you know that when you start writing a book that it's going to be many months of your life yeah and I again you can tell me if I've got a hole got holes in this but every writing process 
is different. Every book has come together in a slightly different way. So I suppose yeah. when you stand on the precipice of day one of like mm-hmm. opening that document, that clean page is there in front of you. You actually, in many ways, don't know what's going to happen. But does, does that feel weird? Yeah. It's so weird. And it's it's every time it's the same. And I've talked to a lot of writers about it. So I cannot speak for all writers, but I can speak for a lot of writers. Who say that blank page is the most daunting thing. Because like you say, A, looking at that blank page means you are about to commit yourself to many months of work. Um, extremely vulnerable work that exposes you in ways you might not be ready for. Like quite often writing will open a door to something you didn't know was going to come out or that you're working through stuff you weren't expecting to. Um, it also is vulnerable because it's going to be read by loads of people you don't know who now thanks to the internet are going to come and tell you when it's shit. <laughs> so like all of this is weighing on you before you even start. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you say, you never really know how it's going to go or what's going to happen. I mean, like, what a great metaphor for life. Um, but you just don't know. You open it up and you just have to say, I'm going to do this now because I've said I'm going to do it. Um, and what happens, happens. And we'll figure it out along the way. And maybe you have a vague plan. But but then I know other people, and maybe they live their life that way as well, that how completely, completely, utterly planned out. And they'll have chapter cards and they'll know exactly what's going to happen in every single sentence before it happens. Um and that to me isn't fun, mm. um, both in writing and I guess in life. Uh, I like to be surprised along the way, makes it more interesting. I wouldn't be boring if you knew everything that was going to happen all the time. Yeah, I suppose so. I think Comforting, so. Possibly, but um, it's, it's not if like... you had to sit at a laptop for eight months and stare <laughs> at it. If you knew everything that was going to happen, that would be so tedious to me to sit there for months on end and just write down what I know is already going to happen. You've got your background blurred, but I think there's a child <laughs> behind you or a ghost cat. Well, there is. There is a young man strolling oh. into the room right now. It's you, a... you guessed before he came. Hi. Are you coming up? <laughs> oh, I got you. I've, I've caught him. Oh, there he is. Oh, hey, hi, Kim. Anderson. I caught my son. Did you come say hello to Auntie Emma? He's thinking about vocalizing. He's th- he is thinking like, about a little ah! No. Leave me alone. For listeners who always oh, looking at me, always oh, look. Uh, hi, Anderson. Anderson is one. He got a little meow. Anderson is one of <laughs> Lindsay's oh, cats. He says, no. he says enough. And the first time I stayed with Lindsay in her old apartment, Anderson was very curious, but also very wary of me. And then when I arrived last time on the Taylor Swift trip, I sat down and instead of running away, he just stayed where he was, which was such progress. Yeah, yeah it's a huge deal. He's a very picky cat. He's a very, very picky, picky cat. cat. And Belle uh, didn't run away either. No, Belle Bell loves a petting. Uh, mm. Belle wants that petting. So she will come for that petting. But Anderson is, is a notoriously tricksy, picky baby who is now just doing figure of eights underneath my chair for attention. Uh, he wonders what's going to happen. <laughs> he's, he's like, not what are these getting, two banging yeah. He hasn't been getting attention for four minutes. Yeah. Um, and he'd like it again. What are these two banging on about? <laughs> <laughs> he's heard it. He knows. Like, he knows he's heard exactly. us bang on at length in, in the past. Can we talk about stuff? <laughs> and I know that might sound like a random thing to talk about, but I, I warned you, listeners, I, I did tell stuff. you. We'll be right back after this short break. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Can we talk about stuff? And I know that might sound like a random thing to talk about, but I, I warned you, listeners, I, I did tell stuff. you. Lindsay and I have many conversations about stuff. And when you were just talking about the writing process there, it reminded me yeah. about the, uh, I would I would say, threat level midnight level of distress I was in last Monday when I messaged you and said, why have I just thrown everything that I own onto the floor of my bedroom, clothes-wise? And what did you say? You said procrastination. <laughs> I, I mean, that's why if you could see my room right now, that's what you would see. I have stuff everywhere because I am on, um, what, I've got five active projects at the moment. And my first draft is due in three and a half weeks. Um, so obviously I'm going to New York tomorrow. <laughs> so I've got to pack. Got to and pack you're just for that. back in Vegas. And I'm just back from Vegas. I went to see Kylie, which was incredible. Um, and yeah, I decided to set myself a fun packing challenge. So I'm just going to do carry on, uh, which seemed rational until the weather in New York is going to be freezing. Um, so yeah, much like yourself, everything I own is on the floor because that's now my challenge is to pack a carry on for New York for five nights when it is going to be like freezing. <laughs> I'm coming from LA. So we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about how there's always this thing of needing something more mm-hmm. whilst whilst and we're both very aware of it and we understand that we are the problem whilst also having enough. But we are such yeah. little piglets suckling at the teat of consumerism. <laughs> that yum 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 capitalism. Yum 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 yum. Well, exactly. It. It's like well, you okay, you've got a you've got a perfectly wonderful white t-shirt that's great quality in your wardrobe, but then this season boat neck t-shirts are in. So now yeah. you feel as though you have a gaping hole in your wardrobe and so on. The story yeah. could go on yeah. many, many different ways. And you've called it before purse piece. You've said that you'll never get purse piece. Never get purse piece. No. Um and purse piece I stole from someone else. I can't take credit oh, for purse okay. piece. Um, but that the idea of like having the perfect purse, would you ever be happy? Well, you is there a handbag that will be the one thing that fills the hole and satiates satiates you? And uh for a lot of people, this is so weird and it's so handbag niche, but a lot of people it's the Chanel flat. Yeah. They think that's the bag that's gonna complete them. I bought that handbag um after I lost my mum and both my grandmothers in the space of 12 months. Uh, and I was on holiday with a friend in New Orleans and they don't have sales tax or they had very low sales tax. I can't remember exactly because I'd had a cocktail. Um, <laughs> I was like, I I deserve this bag for grief reasons. Um, and they had it. They had the one I wanted, which was black caviar leather with 
silver hardware and the silver hardware one was always hard to find because most often they're gold mm. um and some of us bought that handbag uh had to call the credit card company and justify it which i thought was a bit rough uh, <laughs> like, just let me have it it's been Wait, a very on. hard year you had to call them to say i deserve this or you had to call well them so they the was a fraud. declined the card and then they called the I can't remember, was it sax sax or whatever it was they called them and they were like can you put her on and I'm like oh my god they're gonna cut it up like I've seen on telly but they were like we just need to check that it's you and I was like of course it's me <laughs> who else would it be this fits my spending pattern perfectly you idiots um and I felt bad about myself not them I didn't call them an idiot I said thank you for doing your job um thank you for your service <laughs> lady at the credit card company um how did you have to prove it was you I mean because I know that it would have I been date of birth I don't like even that, think I did yeah better. it was probably date of birth uh I probably had to sing some Taylor Swift lyric I don't remember exactly um uh, send them a photo of the cat but <laughs> they were just like is it you and I said yeah and they were like cool um and then what they, like, age was Taylor Allison Swift when she first <laughs> played the Bluebird Cafe <laughs> I've been to the Bluebird Cafe um but not because of that I should hasten to add um yeah it was I really thought that this bag was going to make my life better because I was really miserable and it had been really rough and I've dreamed of this bag. Um, so I bought it and it's still in the box in my cupboard. Uh, actually, it's not. I took it out the box in an attempt to make myself use it more. Um, it is now just on a shelf in a dust bag, which felt like a real progression. Uh, I might have used it like twice this year, which is a big deal. You do realise that that bag will have appreciated in value. And oh, no, it massively has, because this is nine years ago, eight years ago, and they go up like a grand a year or something. Disgusting, because I was actually looking at the price of them now for a book thing a couple of days ago, and I was like, they want how much for a mini? And I think the price of the mini now is what I paid for the jumbo, which is insane hi sorry everyone <laughs> chanel bag chat um i could never do it now i could never do it now i don't we think i could bring even if i had so much money if i was a bazillionaire which i'm clearly not i don't think i could do it it's terrifying just, to me i just can't with designer bags because and this isn't a criticism of you <laughs> what you, you've done um <laughs> i mean it's all accepted and justified it's sim simply it's simply for that reason because I uh, used to work with someone who had that bag and I would think god that looks really cool but actually I'm a much more practical person like I like a crossbody bag can't be too big can't be too small has to be able to fit a small yeah. umbrella in and not weigh me down <laughs> like I'm quite see this I'm is the quite... biggest problem with the Chanel jumbo flap it's uh it's huge it's heavy it's not especially spacious and it's very uncomfortable to carry um and exactly. I'm also terrified to be out and about with it so mm. unless I'm driving to and from somewhere I don't feel comfortable taking it anyway, which yeah. is insane. It's completely insane. It's just not especially practical. Um, but it wasn't a practical decision. It was a, it was. I a, understand that. A, I do. A grief I do understand that. Decision. Um, but I'm but, focusing yeah. quite hard this. I'm focusing now this year, for example, on trying not to constantly feel um, sort of quench that thirst of wanting something new. Yes. with something yep. new and to, th this is a terrible thing that I'm about to admit and I haven't even told you this yet I don't think so I know exciting a little while ago Skims sent me an email saying hey Emma how about 25% off came out of nowhere I didn't ask oh for it I hadn't, I hadn't bought books especially but obviously 
I'm always banging on about skims. I everything I've skims. bought, the quality has been incredible. So I thought, actually, yes, I do want the black t-shirt style bodysuit. But if I'm going to get 25% off, I better get something else because then I'll also get the free shipping. So it's yeah. almost like I'm taking money out of Kim's pocket. Or is that Anderson again? <laughs> and well, I feel so, like you're giving away free money if you don't yeah. use a discount that's been offered, even though I mean, I know the the theory of girl math is um, is uh, questionable. I did see someone on TikTok referring to it as girl calculus, which I thought was much better because he's like, you're not doing yourself justice here, girls. The way that you are working things out, and I thought that was amazing. <laughs> it's like he's uh, right. We do work really hard to make this make sense. It's almost as though you've forgotten that you sent me that last night. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was about you're not giving yourself enough credit because I say someone's first name, some girl's first name, and of whoever's yeah. dating your ex boyfriend, and you know her entire where she went to school what yeah. job she that yeah. is girl calculus but girl anyway FBI. but I bought at the same time a black long sleeve t-shirt and I thought okay. that'll be excellent for autumn so you yeah. can imagine my surprise when last week I'm clearing out the wardrobe and I find it having completely forgotten that it was there oh yeah and that's, that's when I thought one. Emma and you're also, disgusting like, you just got an extra treat you just you just passed them a this is why I was pro girl math when other people were against girl math because in my mind I'm like past Emma just bought present Emma a gift um of a long sleeve t-shirt that she didn't know she had and now you can wear it uh I'm I'm disgusting like the more stressed I am and the more work that I have piling up the more packages will arrive at my house um because add to cart is a is a real coping mechanism that I need yeah. to break out of and I have same as you I've actively said I'm not going to do this um and for a long time it was makeup because makeup makes me really happy I love mm. makeup I was buying a lot of makeup and then I didn't buy any makeup for a really long time and then just recently I've got quite back into makeup again and there's been quite mm. a lot of fun new launches that I felt that I had to own well tell um, me what they were uh, do you know what? I really love this year's Hourglass Ambient Palette. I absolutely love the palette this year. And I haven't bought one or even been interested in buying one since the Ghost Palette, which I think was 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2018 because I think I wore it when I got married in 2019. So it's been a while since I've been interested in the Ambient Palettes. Um, what else have I got that I love? Um the, have you seen the Boss Up Cosmetics lip changing oil on the tickety tock? The old tickety tock. I can't get it over here, can I? You're you going to have to mule you it can. for they me. Ship, <laughs> they ship to the UK now. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's like a color changing lip oil. I don't think you would like the color changing one because it's very pink. It's oh. that pH shift pink. Right. But I love that pink because I love the Dior lip glows. Um, mm -hmm. It just really suits me. I'm very pale and that pink really brightens up my face. Uh, and the gloss is insane. And you put the gloss on and it shifts and then you can wipe it off and you just have this perfect stain. And it lasts and it's gorgeous. But I also got one of their clear oils because of free shipping. Um, yes. And I love them. And I think they're £12 in the UK, um, which is a lot cheaper than a Dior lip oil. Um, but also, she says literally with my hand right now, the e.l.f. lip oils I really like. Um, I need to get my hands on cheaper. some of those. Yeah, these are $8 here. I think they're £8 in the UK as well. Bro. Um, bro, bro. I also well, Everything is within reach. Um, I have the REM Sweetener Foundation, which I'm not certain on yet. It's drier than I expected. Um, you know what you might like? The Shiseido Revital Essence Foundation Skin oh, Enhancing. That, and also the Hourglass, the Nivea one. That... Oh yeah, because I hated 
hated the last few hourglass the hourglass stick dreadful no. for me uh mm. and the hourglass uh that the foundation they did that was supposed to be like two drops and it will cover your whole face and like wow this is one of the worst foundations i've ever tried and they spent so much money on that and i went to the launch in la and i was gobsmacked at how poor it was and i i knew someone that worked there in the la office for a while and she then didn't work there and she was like oh yeah that was an absolute disaster <laughs> i was like wow well done um, the new one's amazing and the glossier stretch everything too. they're doing now is gorgeous i've heard amazing things about the glossier stretch foundation is one of my um biggest downfalls foundation is my new purse piece and if i could find my perfect foundation my whole life would be better um, but so this is a really good point you and i have both worn our perfect foundation yeah but but more than once because depending on what our skin's doing depending on what yeah. the weather's like we probably have found it but we we're never ever going to narrow it down to just one ever I feel comfortable that and it's not my perfect foundation is sadly two foundations blended together which is really offensive but That's it's the same foundation really... but it's the Dior forever matte and glow and I find the matte one can be a little bit clingy to dry patches because my skin's a lot drier than it used to be and the glow I don't want to overpowder it but mm. I found if I do one pump of each, it's actually the perfect satin finish. Because um, obviously the glow waters down the powders in the mat. Uh, and it just gives it a really perfect mix. And I've convinced myself that that's okay. Because yes, I'm buying two foundations instead of one, but they do last twice as long. Because um, you're using one pump of each. So it's not like buying two different foundations. And it lasts forever. I've had these two bottles for about a year. And I've re-bought it one time. Um, and I do... I, that's the thing I keep coming back to and I'll try I tried the Maybelline uh, skin tint this year I went back to Armani Luminous Silk um, which I used for years but now for whatever reason I don't it's not got enough coverage in it for me I don't know what happened um I the foundation yeah, got it's the not REM. It's, it's not us but I wore Luminous Silk for years for absolutely years and I'm like why does it look as good I'm like oh because you're 10 years older than the last time you used it you daft cow um the elf think... camo concealer i really like i've been using that instead of a foundation sometimes if i've got a nicely moisturized face In... so i think based on what you just said about the finish you like have you ever tried the lisa aldridge foundation seamless skin? i haven't i haven't because i don't like buying stuff i don't like buying foundation anymore unless i can go in and color match um and i meant to go and try it in london when i was in london and i didn't have the time to get in um and I know you can buy the color match. And I'm no, just no, 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 no. But I haven't. I really like, it used to be really easy for me because I'm very pale. And my foundation in every line was just the palest one. Bare zero one. <laughs> yeah. When everything was super limited, it was really easy. Um, and now that companies have actually woken up and realized that there are many, many, many other skin tones that they weren't uh, taking into account on both ends of the spectrum, um and especially with now undertones are being addressed which is amazing i really do have to color match mm. um and i cannot spend at least eldridge amount of money without color matching it so next time you're over here on tour we have to make a special trip to her concession in oh Zephyrus. no what a nightmare i oh, it's gonna be so bad <laughs> i will have to pull you by your hair Lindsay, yeah i'll need hoping. to be you might have to hold my credit card and be in charge of what i do and don't buy it's a big really thing disastrous. in the author community i will say there's like a big love for lisa eldridge uh lipsticks in particular in the author community 
a lot of authors I know that's their go-to. Do you think that on a lot of writing days when you don't need to get ready, that a lot of authors just kind of put on their comfies, tie their hair back, might not put on any makeup, but they do put on a cracking lippy? I'm sure they do. I have to put some makeup on to be functioning mm, and it is same. purely psychological like I could still be in my pajamas but I'll go and wash my face do my skincare and I'll put on concealer and mascara and blusher and then I'll feel like I'm part of the world mm. I might not wash my hair for like a week <laughs> <laughs> but I will absolutely she says I have washed it I swear um but I will 100% do my makeup um just to feel like I'm a functioning member of society well, the reason we, we we can't really delve into more stuff stuff, but um, maybe another time. But the reason why we are having this conversation at this particular point in time is because the Christmas Witch paperback edition is out. Do you say paperback edition or just paperback? Paperback. Paperback, paperback. is I out. Paperback edition, anyway. We're both holding up. Like... I've got the hardback. I don't have the paperback yet. It's I'm not. It's not out yet, so. <laughs> well, no, but normal, normally I wangle a... Yeah, I well... I know, this mind signed by the author. I think that ahead oh that's me because <laughs> <laughs> I always pre-order your books and then I usually very kindly receive one and so I usually I sometimes send it to Nick or just I gift it to a worthy recipient beloved Nick. the yeah. one that isn't signed beloved Nick Nick Hayes slash Nick Chapman from Pixie Woo who is part of our crew who we adore so what I specifically wanted to ask you about the Christmas wish, and I don't think I've ever asked you about this on tape before, okay. but I think it also really became incredibly clear to me reading Love Me Do is how you have an absolutely incredible skill for writing the uh, from the perspective of the, I don't know, the matriarch, but it's like the octogenarian oh. <laughs> matriarch because yeah. you have, there's a very specific character in Love Me Do, who every time she's on the page, it's almost like, did you read The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yes. So for me, I felt like every page, particularly in the last two books that Elizabeth Salander wasn't on, I was like rushing to get through them to get to when mm -hmm. she would be back on the page. And I feel like yep. that about that character in Love Me Do. But I also think there is a particular monologue at the end, uh, towards the end of The Christmas Wish that made me cry hearty, big, fat, Aww. salty tears that rolled down my face. And what occurred to me was, and at that point I was completely divorced from the fact that it was you writing it, my friend who I talked to a lot about Taylor Swift stuff and Michaela, I was totally in that moment. And I remember having this realization of, oh my God, how does she do it? How do you, I know that you joke and call yourself a Nana, but how <laughs> do you have, this perspective because it's very worldly wise and it doesn't come across as trite it doesn't come across as trying to be the matriarch it feels very very real um I do love it turns out my safe space in writing is an 82 year old whether it's a grandmother or not uh is an 82 year old woman so in the Christmas wish we have Mathamwi who is Nan to the Baker family um, and yeah, in Love Me Do, we had the extraordinary Myrna Moore. It mm. might be the only time when I can like genuinely congratulate myself because I'm so proud of it because I love her so much. Um, and Myrna was a, a former Hollywood actress um, who got out of the industry, had quite a lot of mad stuff happen to her and basically just... You know, the rumour is that Myrna's a recluse, but she's not a recluse. She's just not interested in your shit. Uh, yeah. And she's dead keen to tell you that. Um, 
and I loved writing them both so much. It's actually, I'm writing another book now, right next year's book, and it's killing me to not write <laughs> a, wide, a wise sage nan. Um, because you can't keep doing the same thing, even though my family mm. and Myrna were very different. Um, it, that it's my favorite character to write, and I think I don't know if it's that they're super smart, it's just that they don't, they have literally no fucks, they have zero of them. Their fuck basket is empty, it has been depleted. They are sans fucks, like there's none left. <laughs> if they ever had any, and the, the you know, the fuck basket said, Come and get some more, and they said, No, thanks. Um, and that is such a freeing character to write. And I I think the idea of being that woman is, it might be nice. <laughs> I'm like, God, imagine. And it must be in us all, because if I can write it, it's in me. Um, and I've never had a response to a character, a side character at least, like the response to Myrna Moore. Yeah. That people just loved her. I'm like, but if you love her that much and you identified with her that much, she's in all of us and it must be something we want and aspire to, but we don't feel like we can have yet mm. or, or that we feel like, oh, that would be so naughty to say those things in real life. And it's like, no, it wouldn't if that's your opinion, if that's how you feel about things. And I hate the thought that we have to wait until we're older to know know these things in inverted commas because we already know them and it's that shitty thing that happens every year you get older that you're like oh I won't feel differently when I'm 10 years older than now I am xyz the things I believe about myself and then you do get 10 years older and you're like oh shit I was wrong but you just keep doing the same thing and I feel like it, I do feel it more and more and more and everyone that told me when I was younger all the things that have turned out to be true and I just didn't want to believe them and I do think that's why people really, why a character like Myrna or Mafanwi in The Christmas Wish resonates with people. Because we do know, we do know these things that they're saying are true, but we either can't give ourselves permission to believe them yet, or society won't allow us that freedom yet. Or we hope that it won't be that way, because actually we sometimes don't like what they are I, I know it's true it's true I mean I'm always thinking about things that like you know I look at old photos of myself when I hated myself or I was so unhappy and you know everyone's like oh well when you're 40 you'll look at those pictures of you when you were 30 and you'll think what beautiful young thing and I'm like no I won't and now I might look at that look at all that <laughs> collagen <laughs> now you're laid under a current body red light mask <laughs> for 10 minutes every single day praying for that collagen to come back um, and it's done stuff like that, but also all the other bigger things, like the stuff I allowed, the way I allowed people to treat me and the way I allowed, and not just romantic relationships. I know that's always the thing people think of, but like friendships mm -hmm. and work situations and everything, stuff I just, even family relationships, the way I let people talk to me and treat me, that I would never allow people to talk to my friends that way. And, you know, people say, no, when you're older, you'll understand why you won't put up with that shit. And I feel like now I am old enough to understand why I shouldn't put up with that shit. But I haven't quite made it to old enough where I will not put up with that shit. What I like about this and the way that you're explaining it is it makes me think that actually Myrna is somebody within you. Myrna in inverted commas, a version of Myrna. She is... definitely is. Yeah, it's terrifying. Maybe you're not suppressing her, but she's not quite yet cooked. But she's there. She's, not, I can't... she's like cookie dough buffy she's not ready yet you know like i knew we'd get a buffy reference in somehow um also i feel like i can unleash my manner for other people mm. but i can't unleash my manner for myself yet 
and maybe so, that's the difference so you said something on text message the other night you said that you you said something negative about yourself and I was like don't talk crap about my phone oh yeah I probably I think I called myself a hag <laughs> I called myself a hag and you but, said don't talk to my friend like that and I was like yeah. well facts is facts <laughs> <laughs> but because of you I am now too under the current body led face mask 10 minutes a day praying oh, for God, it to it's do so something good. I and I just got an email to say like it's on a massive deep discount right now and I'm like you bastards um but the good for the people that will get it for a good deal uh I wouldn't send it back for anything I have bought so many things I've had so many treatments I've spent so much disgusting money trying to like again purse piece but face piece I guess mm-hmm. um current body mask is the first thing I have purchased for myself or done for myself that I have said oh wow okay this is doing a thing as um, I said to you about two really weeks impressed. ago, because I complimented your hair color because your hair color has changed a li- today, little bit recently. Yeah. <laughs> and you said, I said, oh my God, your hair color, it's really making your skin look good because that's that's a thing. I wasn't yeah. just being yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah, no, skin tone, colors, hair color definitely um, has made my skin You can't see it because tone. the lighting in here is terrible because I've got an energy saving light bulb, but my hair color is very different, but it looks absolutely the same on the camera. But I believe you. I absolutely believe you. I've got the weirdest light in here at the moment, so... But it's bad. you said oh but Emma I'm using the current body and so yeah. I dusted mine off and absolutely after I shower mm-hmm. when I have no skincare on I have my little 10 minute rest listening to yeah. an audiobook or oh. last night you'd be very proud came home late as you know because I was whinging about my uber driver on text message to you <laughs> didn't get home till quite late but I still took all my makeup off and put and did my 10 minutes listening to so proud of you um actually I was listening to myself which is really, really, love it really... even better is that the best self-care it I was be. on another podcast I was on the brain over binge <laughs> podcast and it had just gone live and I thought I better check I don't sound like a moron nice. and... a bit late now yeah <laughs> I surely won't be listening to this back um no I genuinely um have seen a massive massive improvement in skin tone and clarity um and I think a little bit of looks a little bit more plump in the face um we'll see but skin tone and clarity absolutely like I'm barely wearing foundation at the moment like um I'm using concealer and like like the last time I did a full face of foundation was Kylie on Friday night in Vegas where I felt you know what I mean you've got to show out for Kylie haven't you and you've I would never out without Kylie, foundation but you will be able to tell listeners about the fact that the the windows and the lighting in hotels in Las Vegas yes. <laughs> yes. are not okay and I didn't quite understand at the time, but there was a very weird, like, blue hue in that hotel. We stayed at cast. Mandalay. Yeah. And so yep. when we got to the stadium, when we were in natural daylight. And you, I think you said something to me about my highlighter being a choice. I had gone so heavy on the highlighter because I was using an hourglass palette. Mm-hmm. At the, at one of the ambient light ones, the one with the, yep. the elephant on. And I really had gone heavier than I've ever gone. I mean, it was right. It was right for the time because we were at the Eras tour. So it felt right. Um, but yeah, they because Vegas is so bright and in the desert, a lot of the rooms put this blue film on the on the windows um, to block out some of the light. But what then happens is some of ladies us... do their makeup badly. <laughs> yeah, some of us go a little bit hard, um, and it can because it looks so blue, you look so washed out. And I remember looking at myself in a mirror and being like, "Well, look at that season one Sarah Jessica Parker Sex and the City blusher, um, just like neon pink cheeks." And I was like, "I like a pink cheek. I like to look healthy. This is this is Aunt Sally. This is not okay." Um, 
Yeah, and I did it again when we went to Kylie. I looked in the mirror. I'm like, you daft cow. I have done it again. And we saw some uh, sights at Taylor Swift. We, saw, I mean, we no one noticed us. We looked no, very God, no. demure and somber yeah. compared to everyone. Absolutely. I mean, I, but I, I was think wearing she gold sequin hot pants and it looked understated. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. Yes. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I wore the same hot pants for Kylie. I just realized they're now officially my Vegas hot pants. Are you worried that somebody in Vegas saw you on both trips and thought you only had a limited number of clothes? I am now. <laughs> like, oh no, my god I think she's only got the one pair of pants this. I am such a monster for shopping as we've established mm. and needing the next thing I've had those gold sequin hot pants for so long they're from Zara I bought them in Toronto um, they are magnificent they're the perfect cut because they're not tight they're just comfy and it's almost like they feel like you're just wearing like comfies which sounds mm. mad because they're gold sequin hot pants but I feel like you can really dress them up or down. People, you might not think about it, but they're such a good neutral. But no, I agree with you. But I also think that you can buy one perfect pair of sequin hot pants. And then for the next few months, you are very open to another great pair of sequin hot pants. But you oh, might absolutely. buy them and they never... Because do you yeah. remember a couple of years ago, and this is during lockdown, ladies and gentlemen, I bought a really nice Western cut plaid shirt, dark blue, red, yep. red accents. And I was so happy with it. And then a few days later, I was watching a film with Dakota Johnson where she was hiking and she had a plaid shirt, but she had sort of tied it around herself in a very weird way. Mm -hmm. And I and I took a picture of the television screen. I was like, Lindsay, why do I feel like I need one of these? And of course, because it was in the sale on ASOS, then one appears. And that's yeah. obviously been vacuum yeah. packed under the bed recently. Yeah, of course. No, I'm, I, that's another massive problem of mine is if if I like something, I will do that thing where I'm like, oh my God, it fits. It's gorgeous. It's perfect. Do they have it in more colors? I should get more of them. And um, that's one thing that I'm really stopping doing because I don't, it turns out I don't need more of them. <laughs> You've got one. You don't need, how many are you going to wear, you daft cow? Which is me talking to me. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm wearing my pyjama bottom still and it's 10.30 in the morning. Like, why would I need this many pairs of jeans in my life? You can <laughs> talk to me that to way say. as well if you want. Um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna let us end because you do have to get on. And, I, and I've obviously got to go back to bed. But basically, <laughs> it's only 6.30 here, but it's been a very wet and dreary day. And I just want to it's, snuggle up in bed and watch winter. telly. Any of us that aren't in bed at any given moment deserve but a I, medal. I I I need you to give me an honest reaction about whether to walk away or press pay. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good game. Yeah. Um I got served an advert last night on Instagram for a t-shirt that is that will be 30% off for the next I think it's seven and a half hours. Oh, and that t-shirt says Nakatomi Plaza Christmas Party 1986. Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Get how many colors do they have? Like <laughs> four, but I want the white. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. No, I am I'm a huge uh diehard advocate. It is a Christmas movie. I will fight people. Um this I have a diehard diehard advent calendar that I got last year and it came too late. Um I must get I must get you not, one. Not but the it, one where hands grew before. Yes, like he falls night. down the Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah, it's magnificent. It's magnificent. I had a meeting once at the building where that is Nakatomi Plaza in the movie, and I've never been so excited slash unprofessional in my entire life that I just I kept screaming don't. at people I'm in the Nagatomi Plaza I don't believe you I think you have been more unprofessional that's fair that's a fair <laughs> statement but it was pretty unprofessional have I seen the Nagatomi did you point it I out I don't to know me? you might have seen it from the freeway it's in Studio, C Studio City um 
it's fox it's one of the fox buildings um so you can see it from the freeway going out towards santa monica um from where i live but it's still dead exciting every time i see it it's so exciting it is maybe that's what i'm (laughs) getting you for christmas Lindsay. (laughs) the actual nakatomi plaza is that your christmas wish (laughs) a nakatomi plaza t-shirt uh it might be it might be Oh God! Um, it's time to watch to... it. Time to it watch is it. time to watch it. Well, not until December first. We've got a few weeks. But I'm getting my LASIK on December first, so I should get two extra days of December added onto November to make up for the fact I won't be able to see anything. Let's do a watch party where either before okay. you have the LASIK or after, and we'll do a watch party and watch Die Hard. Fair enough. I don't know how I feel about the advent calendar because I just love Alan Rickman so much, and it might feel a bit morbid. I think it's okay because I also love him beyond the telling. I went to see his play in New York twice because I just love him. In fact, I don't see him in two plays in New York, but I saw Seminar twice. Um, and he's an angel and I loved him completely. He's so perfect. Um, I like to think that Advent Calendar brings us closer together. I think it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> I don't right. I don't think it's what he would have wanted at all from his diaries. Um, but it's what he got. So that's <laughs> where we are. Oh, that's where we got. See, speaking of Easter eggs, Snape is a fantastically written Easter egg laden character mm. in Harry Potter. Because once you know stuff, no spoilers, yeah. and then you go back, you're like, ooh. Uh, maybe that's just I, I, I have nothing good to say about <laughs> the author of those books, but I have a lot of good to say about Alan Rickman and everything yes. he's ever done. Yes. I love him. I love <laughs> him. Yes, we we all anyone. If you ever hear any stories about people who like waited for signatures outside the stage door, yeah. autographs or not signatures, um, everybody always says <laughs> waiting that, for a signature <laughs> on some papers, <laughs> credit card board, legal documents. <laughs> um, they always say that he was just an absolute angel and took real time to. Yeah, in the same I only way, heard that he was amazing. Taylor Allison Swift, if she Swift, if she sees a child, she oh. rarely walks past them. She will make sure she goes back. Nuts. And during the Kylie show, um, a gentleman very close to the stage was having a big cry because he just clearly could not deal with it. And she sort of stopped. In was it Kevin? Was like, are you crying? <laughs> yeah, it was our friend Kevin. Um, and she's like, are you crying? And bent down and gave him a big hug. And then he just went full, just he, he turned into a statue. <laughs> it's like, you've broken him, Kylie. You Aww. haven't made it better. You've broken this man. He was just stood staring. And I was like, that must have been amazing. That must have been so magical for that well, grown man. There's a lot more that I could talk to you about. And I think listeners have probably gathered that we could just keep going <laughs> with know, no I'm real sorry. sense structure or anything. And I would have actually, I should have asked you about your YA novel. I can't say young adult. I have to say young adult. I know. Young it's, adult, young adult. Yeah. yeah, same. Young adult. Um, Yeah, that's coming out in 2024. Well, we don't have a date yet exactly. So um I'll come back and talk about it another time. Come back and talk about it because that because that one I'm interested to talk to you about because that one is supernatural. Yes, <laughs> it is witches and stuff. And which so, witches and stuff. So it's a whole new muscle. It's a whole yes. new writing muscle that you're having to yeah. flex and build and grow. So I'm intrigued to talk about that, but we won't do it today because we've covered a lot of ground. And now I oh do need to tell you. I think the opening of Style might be the best opening of a song ever. Yeah, I'll take it. Because as soon as it starts, I'm all I'm in a car, and you can see because I'm making the the gestures. I've got my hands on a steering wheel. Yeah, maybe like a old, like vintage Mercedes or something, like a very shiny black vintage Mercedes. 
I was thinking Juan Felipe's Jaguar from Cruel Intentions. We're going down a very empty jaw carriageway. But I see where we're going, yeah. At night. Yeah. Perfect. That was the Taylor Swift song in the style of the gentleman that said there's one song that gets everyone. That was the Swift song that I got Jeff with. That was my husband's gateway drug style. And he was like, oh, it's very good. I'm like, it is, yeah. But she's really kind of sexed it up for the the Taylor's version. It's kind of it's yeah. it's kind of grittier. There's something dirtier about it. So I mean I was... the Taylor's version podcast chat would be a whole other hour. Well, and the other thing just I meant to talk to you about, just for 1989. Just for 1989. The other thing that we need to talk about at length, and that I have already said that we should do, but listeners will have gathered that I've got a lot on, and you definitely have a lot on. <laughs> but I honestly believe that you and I should do a My So-Called Life rewatch, oh. where we break down every episode, mm. because I think... I, I I think that, that would be the making of us. <laughs> and there aren't that many episodes, so I always think there are more. But it was very limited. And actually, it's I started such a listening. Culturally impactful show. I think the fact that it got cancelled is why it had such cultural yeah. impact. Because I think it it left more question. It left us with more questions than than yeah. it answered. But it did give us Jared Leto, which is a shame. I mean, it's it. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh take away. away. And by the Lord, I do mean Claire Danes. I mean, it's it's tough. It was that's a difficult one. That's a difficult one. It is a difficult oh, one. Jordan Catalano forever, though. I also, Jordan Catalano forever, but Wilson Cruz for me. Wilson Cruz, oh, uh, Ricky Vasquez, Enrique is the, when I think about certain scenes, I can cry on demand. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Jordan Catalano wasn't making you cry for any other reason other than he was laying a foundation for a really upsetting romantic life for me for the first 10 years of my uh, romantic life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he Thanks, Jordan. And I would, one of my dream podcast guests is actually Winnie Holzman. Mm. Because not only Putting did she out there. write My So-Called Life, and she was one of the teachers, whose name I've now forgotten, but she also wrote Wicked. I mean, what a champ. I know. Get her on, Emma. Jesus. I will. I'm going to get what off this you, call and I'm going to ring doing? her. Like, get Winnie. on the phone. Stop talking to me. Um. Thank you for taking this time and for giving me your entire morning. You're a legend. Um, the link to the Christmas witch, which the link to <laughs> the links to <laughs> your blur is blurring. It's like it doesn't <laughs> China doesn't want us to see. Um, the links to the Christmas wish will be in the show notes, but I will also put the links to all of Lindsay's other books, her social media, and that's obviously something you should follow her because then you'll find out about. And she's got a Substack now, haven't you? I do have a soft stack now. She's they finally got me. That was the that was the, it, that was the thing that finally got me. That was like if they don't stop talking to me about it, I'm going to throw Substack off a cliff. And instead, I joined it. Um, yeah, I started a Substack, which anyone who's made it this far through this chat will not be shocked to find out is largely about getting yourself a little treat, <laughs> <laughs> recommendations for a little treat, uh, which I'm really enjoying sharing. That. fabulous fabulous i'm gonna go and yeah. sit under my current body for 10 minutes um, <laughs> i need probably... to i was wondering if i sit under it for longer what would happen but apparently nothing so no i spoke to pointless. alice hart davis about this a while ago you can get great results it's just about using it very regularly i.e don't just yeah. use it once a month use it i mean i've probably yeah. i'm probably managing five times a week not seven days a week yeah i've been because it says three to five and i'm like but i feel like i can do every day if i commit to it and um i don't think that's gonna hurt but i guess it's not necessarily necessary yeah so, so. the experts say as long as you're using it 
it that frequency yeah, consistent then you're grand yeah so yeah let's let's go and do that now yeah um, let's go and do that now thank you for coming back oh thanks for having me back I'm sorry to anyone who was waiting for crocodile or Chris chat but we've let you down but that next time Chris chat Chris Chris's and crocodiles We've, I, I really felt like we exhausted crocodiles and Chris's last time around. And I'm, I, I'm over the ever, Even Chris Pine in his little shorts, his slutty little shorts. Okay, so here's the thing. Last time when we talked, because we're going to have to talk about it now. So thanks, that's your morning. <laughs> so, last time we spoke, the the senescence, what's it called again? Negligible senescence. Negligible senescence, which is the key to eternal youth, which yep. Lindsay has uncovered, but a scientist is definitely going to patent and make money on. Um that was on a podcast that we must have recorded in 2018 so long ago no, before that 2017 anyway we also talked about the Chris's because at the time Marvel was big and I was very mm-hmm. into Chris Evans now no not Dead at all you. so Dead it was Chris Hemsworth Chris Evans Chris Pine and Chris Pratt and actually do you know what Pine was the underdog Pine's been my favorite for so long and not just because he lives local and supports a local bookshop um I've got a lot of time for his new mad art teacher vibe uh I'm very into it I like that he just drives around in that little vintage porch wearing like a dressing gown um I'm all in I think he needs to be I think he needs to come back but possibly not with that film that he wrote and directed that apparently is terrible did he was he in Dungeons and Dragons or something he was in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I watched yes. that. <laughs> yeah, but we'll watch anything. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so he's now my favourite Chris and the others. I did enjoy Chris Hemsworth in Limitless. That, yeah, I've uh, got no problem with Hemsworth. Hemsworth, is Hemsworth. I think, is golden, but Pratt and Evans. No. Yeah. Bye-bye. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, Chris Evans, but this is what happens when you act completely out of character in your final Marvel movie. Uh, and that's for another podcast for another time. Act Captain America out. never would have done that. Captain America never would have just been like, peace out, kids. So out of character for Captain America as who and what he was when he was just like, no, I'm going to go back in time and completely change everything everything, and make it work for me. And then, no, I'm not going to tell you what I did. And it's like, what? what Mm. anyway that's for me to worry about we definitely need to take that conversation offline because that's a thread that i hadn't yet pulled at Mm. um thank you for your time thank you anderson for your guest appearance and all of the links that discussed will be in the show notes i think he's gone has he gone or is he behind you he's sat behind me somewhere being emotionally withholding (laughs) yeah (laughs) as cats like to do right um sling thine hook um but keep writing excellent stuff and come back soon I will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gun Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. 
You have to answer a couple of questions, but we cannot wait to see you there. Come over and join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 